Good morning, for Shen Hunter Podcast listeners. Happy Tuesday to you. It's a picking bones day, and I'm recording this one right now. Uh, I was pretty busy last night, had another podcast, didn't get a chance to record today's picking bones. Actually, I tried, but I just kept like getting super groggy and talking in circles and so forth. So, you know what? I figured I'd just talk to you in the morning. I'm more of a morning person than I am at a, a, a night owl. So, uh, with it being early February, um, we're in an interesting time right now in the, you know, deer hunting world. Um, this could be a time where if you really wanted to just prioritize scouting, um, yeah, definitely do that. I think, uh, Clint McCoy, back when we interviewed him, oh, right around, I think it was late September of 23, he previewed a little bit. I'd like to have him on to talk more about this in the future, but he he previewed how he addresses this time of the hunting season, or not hunting season, but like the year of whitetail pursuit I guess would be a better way to say it and he said that he does shed hunt but he waits until I think he said March to do that and during this time of the year he's only scouting and he he's trying not to focus on sheds as much as he's trying to focus on okay where were the deer in the fall and uh, I like that idea. I I don't like when people just write off shed hunting altogether and say it's just a waste of time. I don't agree with that. But I do like Clint's method of, hey, I'm just shifting my focus um, between, you know, this time of year and later in March. And I'm kind of sort of doing that this year. I'm definitely scouting more than I have been um, it, as far as, just being solely focused on scouting versus solely focused on shed hunting. Um, but I'm still, I can't help myself. I'm still, if I'm out in the woods, plus it's just the part of my life right now with kids and a wife that works on an opposite shift. If I can get out to the woods, I need to try and be getting as much done as possible for both of those things. But I have been marking a lot more on my Spartan forge maps. Um, just features that I see and, um, you know, where would be a good spot to put tree stands, so on and so forth. And I think, I think I could probably hunt two of the properties for sure that I've gotten shed hunting permission on. I haven't asked for that, but I may in the future. And that's another good thing to, to consider too, is, um, some people, they won't shed hunt a place that, they don't have hunting permission. They won't bother to go get separate shed hunting permission somewhere. And I get that. Not everyone's as into shed hunting as I am. But for me, I like it just as much as regular hunting. So it's worth it to me. But um, if you you kind of have an idea of if you're going to be able to hunt a place or not, potentially. And um, because two of these farms had zero tree stands, just in talking with a person who gave me permission, um, I got the vibe that nobody hunts it at all. It's like not even considered. And uh, so, you know, I'm marking it up on my map. So good little tip there. But all that to say, we're in the earliest, earliest part of shed season. There are deer shedding. Um, you can see that on social media. A lot of people finding fresh sheds right now. Um I saw it while I was out driving this weekend. I saw 
two half shed bucks and I think one fully shed buck um, just based on his body size. Uh, but he's pretty far away. I, I got a good look at him through the binoculars and his head was definitely clean, but he, uh, uh, I, th- I think it was a buck for sure, a shed buck. And so, you know, right there, just out of the, I don't know, maybe 30 deer that I saw that evening driving around, for sure, three of them have been shedding antlers. So they're definitely out there. But the best days are still coming. And uh, I try to pick up shed hunting permission throughout the season. Um, but right now is a really good time to lock up some some shed hunting permission because even though there are some sheds on the ground, there's still the vast majority of them on, on the heads of deer. And uh, there's there, you don't want to be wasting your time getting permission during prime time. And uh, so I thought for this one, you know what, maybe I just do a little rundown on how I get shed hunting permission. Now I'm no Caleb. Caleb is still the undisputed uh, world's best permission seeker, but I do pretty good as well. I, I generally get told yes. Um, at least for some of a person's land. Sometimes they might say, yeah, you can over there, but not over there. But uh, generally it works pretty well. And through the years, I've come up with a pretty good system for uh, how to have success with, with asking. So first of all, where do I go to, to ask? Well, this really starts out with e-scouting and with the information I get while I'm driving around. Um, and so what do I mean by that? Well, with e-scouting, um, you want to be looking for deer habitat on the map. Um, so get, open up Spartan Forge, you know, put on the, I would recommend always keeping on the landowner, like the property dividing lines. Um, uh, when you're, you're e-scouting for permission's sake, just because you don't want to key in on a piece that you thought might be owned by somebody. And then when you turn the landowner lines on, you find out, oh, I just spent all that time looking at ground I'll never be able to access. So turn on those property line, uh, that property line layer. And then um, I'm looking for big blocks of deer habitat that's on high ground. And you can hear more about that on or read more about that on uh, my latest article really my two latest articles on the first gen hunter website firstgenhunter.com and uh, you can kind of see my process there i don't want to totally spend time fleshing that out right now but but i'm looking for ground that is on higher elevation it's going to have a lot of southern exposure and it's going to have a lot of deer habitat meaning big blocks of timber here in iowa Now, if you're listening to this in Michigan, you have big blocks of timber everywhere and same in Wisconsin. So you're going to have to focus more on the, the, like the finer details that really make a deer want to be in a spot. Um, so you're looking more at like edge features. How close is it to a food source? How, how, how much of a feathered edge is there? How much, um, native grass cover is there looking you're looking for those those i mean i'm going to be honest with you it's tougher for you guys you're going to have to look for those finer details that really set a piece apart but whatever it is here in iowa it's just as simple as finding a big block of timber that's not in bottom land um 
there are sheds in bottomland, just not from my experience and walking probably thousands of miles shed hunting. Um, I have found very few sheds in, in lowland areas, much more on higher elevation spots. Um, so you prioritize that way, get that Southern exposure and then drive by. So if you think a place looks good, go drive by before you ask. And here's why, um, there can be things going on on a property that you cannot see on Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is really good, but it can't always know, you know, like sometimes you can tell from looking at it if it's all cow pasture or or if there's cows, maybe depending on when the imaging was done, maybe you can see that the guy runs cows out in his cornfield or um, maybe uh, maybe the guy does some uh, fall tilling to break up compaction or or uh, really knifes it up when he does anhydrous. There's different things that you can, that that will tell you if the spot's going to be good or not just by driving by. Now, let's say you do drive by and you see that, no, everything looks pretty good like it did on the e-scouting. Then be paying attention to see how many deer are there during the hours of the day when it makes sense to see deer. Um, I love to drive by, um, take the long way home, so to speak, uh, on my way home from work. So at right around dusk, I like to just kind of drive slow and see what's out in the fields and, and take the back roads. And, uh, that really gives you a good survey on how many deer are in the area. If you're only seeing like, you know, three, four out in the field, then yeah, there might be a shed or two, uh, on that piece. But I'm really wanting to be as close to the areas that I can get where I'm seeing 20, 30, maybe even up to 50 deer out in an area. Then you know that that habitat piece, especially here in Iowa where we have good deer numbers, but we have nothing like, say, Wisconsin does, um, southern Wisconsin. Uh, if if you see 50 deer in a field in, in Iowa, you know that that habitat piece not only holds a lot of its deer year round, but it's it's pulling in deer from other properties um, because it has either the right food, more likely here in Iowa, the right habitat that deer want in the wintertime. And so that's going to be a place that's going to hold a lot of sheds, the majority of the sheds for probably, I don't know, a square mile. So... I strongly recommend you go out and get the get that drive time in. So then you find out, okay, I, the, the place looked good on e-scouting. I confirmed it in my driving. How do I get permission? Well, this is the part where most people say, eh, I'm just going to stick to public land. And the people who find a lot of sheds, they say, yep, it's awkward. I'm going to embrace the awkward. I'm going to go knock on this person's door, and I'm going to uh, politely ask for permission to shed hunt. And so how, how do you get through that? Well, first of all, you got, you got to go at the right time. Um, I work a job, well, I'm a farmer, so I'm very dirty on my way home from work. Now I probably have stopped and asked for, I know I've asked for hunting permission on my way home from work before. Um, but, but, uh, I've, I've probably, 
done this for shed hunting too. I try not to though because I'm filthy. I don't want I don't want people to look at me knocking on their door and be like, "Who is this bum?" They might not even come to the door because they think I'm like some kind of shady person, right? I've got I got bearing grease all over me from greasing farm equipment. I've got uh, dust and dirt all over me. Probably even have some on my face. My coat. I don't wear a nice coat to work because it's going to get super dirty. So my coat's kind of tattered and raggy. You know, don't do that. Don't go to the door like that. You're probably going to get told no. Um, So what do I do instead? I wait for Sunday afternoon. I go to church every Sunday morning. I put on nice clothes. I comb my hair. I, uh, um, I look much more presentable on Sunday than I do on Monday. Uh, And so... I'm going to go on Sunday afternoons. And another reason I like to go on Sunday afternoons as opposed to, say, Saturdays is because most people are home on Sundays. Saturdays are a day for getting together with family or friends, going shopping, um, uh, going out and doing their own hobbies. Uh, Their kids have, you know, sports and tournaments or their grandkids. Um, there's a million reasons why people aren't around home on Saturday, but Sunday though, at least in my area, most people go to church. So they're, they're not, you know, they're not out and about by Sunday afternoon. They're back home kind of relaxing. Um, I try not to go like right away in the afternoon because a lot of people like to take a Sunday afternoon nap, uh, after lunch or something like that. Um, so I go around, you know, three thirty, four o'clock. Most people are, you know, you're not going to interrupt dinner at that point. You're not going to, you're not going to do anything to either miss the person because they're not around or interrupt something else that's going on. Most likely, you're most likely not going to have that problem. You're wearing your nice clothes. That's when you go up, knock on the door and immediately take a step back. Don't be standing right up by the door. Take a step back, maybe put one foot up on the porch, one foot down on the sidewalk or something like that, just so they know that you're not, you're not like up in their business. Okay. And then when they come to the door, um, you know, just be polite, try and get to the point pretty quick. And, uh, then you're going to, um, uh, you know, have to do a good job presenting yourself. That's this is the hard part, knowing how to do good small talk. What I always do because they want to know who you are. Usually these are going to be complete strangers. And uh I always bring with me one of my business cards and I'll introduce myself and uh say, here's my card. It's got my phone number on it. If you you know need to get in contact with me for anything, they they got your name right there. They got and honestly it's been good for me in my line of work because we work with a lot of landowners and, uh, they're, they, um, they need CRP seed or, or whatever. They might even have some like habitat needs they're, they're trying to, you know, fill. And, uh, so we've actually gotten business from me going around asking for shed hunting permission. So that's another side benefit. But, um, uh, then, uh, offer some kind of favor in return say, you know, I'm re- I really appreciate if, the, if they have said yes, you know, be like, Hey, I really appreciate it. You know, let me know if there's ever anything I can help you with. Maybe you got a project you need help with or an extra set of hands. I just live, you know, wherever. 
And uh, if you if you got my number right there on my card, feel free to give me a call. I'd be happy to come and help. Or another one, you could be like, be happy to go out there, and and you could even work this one into your pitch for asking for permission. You could say, I'm happy. You know, whenever I go on a, a piece of property, I pick up trash as I'm going. You know, stuff that blows out of people's trash cans. Don't ever blame them for the trash on their property, even if it might be their fault. Just say. You know, something maybe it blew over here in a storm or something. I, for whatever reason, when I'm out shed hunting, I find a lot of garbage. So if I find any on your place, I'll pick it up for you and get rid of it. You know, little things like that, right? And uh, really try to make them feel comfortable with this total, complete stranger. And then always ask, is there anywhere you don't want me to go? Um, because that does two things. If yes there is a spot that they really don't want you on you're not going to step on toes and ruin your your chance to come back and two um it just makes you feel more comfortable being on the property that knowing that you have free range if they say nope go ahead look wherever you know that you're not you're not going to be ruining the relationship by ticking them off somehow so um those are just the tips that i use and generally they're gonna say yes um, the reasons people t- have told me no is because either they shed hunt or their, their kids or grandkids or somebody else, a friend already gets permission there. Um, generally that's why I don't know that I've ever just been told sh- straight up no, because I don't want you on my property. So, uh, the, just, just some tips there, um, that I think could help people get more shed hunting permission and even hunting permission. I think shed hunting permission is a great way to start building a, a, a level of trust when they know that you're behaving responsibly on their property. And, and, um, you know what, maybe in six months you'll be able to, uh, go knock on the door again or give them a call and, and say, Hey, would you mind if I came out for bow season or something like that? So just some tips there that I think could, could help you and have definitely helped me. Um, do remember you're going to want to bring Spartan Forge along with you to help you with uh, the mapping. Um, that is such a huge, important tool with this. And uh, uh, as you're looking into this fall beyond shed season, and you got any hunt planning uh, projects that you need help with, go to East West Hunts. Alex will help you with your tag apps, your hunt plan, even your gear rental. Uh, just tell them that I sent you there and you'll get yourself 10% off of uh, your your final bill with him got any taxidermy work left over from this past fall that you need to get done or maybe you find a really cool deadhead while you're shed hunting and you want to get a cool euro mount i strongly recommend you go to old barn taxidermy they will do it the best you've ever seen and uh, you'll be so glad you did please tell them that the first gen hunter podcast sent you there as well and that really helps me out and finally um, it's always good to have some it's always good to have some medical supplies on you in your like first aid supplies, uh, in your truck, in your backpack while you're out hiking. Um, you never know what's going to happen. The other day I was shed hunting with my son, Jonas, and I wiped out so hard. I, uh, tripped over a log is like one of those deals where it was, uh, in front of my lead foot and, um, well, actually, I guess it'd be better to say it this way. It was behind my lead foot and in front of my back foot. 
So like when I stepped with my back foot, it like slammed the log in between my two feet. And it, there was, usually I can save it. I'm, I'm pretty good about not falling. But uh, this, this was just like stopped me dead in my tracks and I went down hard. And, you know, I could have really hurt myself if I had hit a, you know, bigger log or a rock or something or landed on a fence. We we're walking right next to a barbed wire fence. You get a bad gash or something. You just never expect it. It's always good if you're going to be out hiking and stuff to have at least a few supplies on you and then have more back at your truck if you need it. Um, so what I use is my medic. I use the MyFac Pro kit. I think now it's just called the MyFac kit, and it's got a large and a s- small option. <clears throat> Either is great. Um, if you don't have a first aid kit, at home or in your vehicle, you need to get one. Seriously. That's why my medic was created. Um, because the owner's dad, um, was in a car accident and the injuries he died of could have been treated with a, if somebody had had a first aid kit could have saved his life. Um, and so everyone should have one. And, uh, the best way to do that is to go to my medic. They have just phenomenal kits. My wife, who's a, a ICU nurse, my cousin, who's a paramedic and a combat veteran, they both were impressed with everything in there. And um, I, you know, I just think it's a great way to solve that problem. So go to my medic. There's a link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio. And when you check out, type in the promo code. First gen 15, all one word with a number attached right on the end, and you'll save yourself 15%. So, yeah. Anyways, thank you to those sponsors. Thank you to you listeners for coming on every week, tuning in, giving me some of your time. I hope I make it valuable for you, and I hope you're able to find some good shed hunting permission uh, this spring. And uh, if you find some sheds, please let me know. I love seeing that stuff. Love hearing from you guys. And uh, thank you so much for the new round of reviews that have come in. Uh, those have just been tremendously encouraging to me. Um, it's it's just the the listener interaction is the best part of doing this. It really is. And so um, please reach out if you haven't yet and leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so yet. That just helps get this podcast out to more folks. So get out there, get shed hunting, take care, and take someone hunting.